I love that, though, when you think about our Christian walk. And you think about we must not lose uh, to, uh, I'm sorry, it's okay to lose to opponent, but not okay to lose to fear. And I think a lot of times the reason why we lose to discouragement, failures, fear, difficulty comes our way, we start to give in is because we have not focused. <laughs> Must have focus, Daniel son. Because the best karate student, the best you, is still on the inside of you. And God desires to draw it out of us. He, de he desires desperately for us to stay focused, not give in to the failures of the past, not give in to the, to the you know, I, I, I don't give in very much to failures. I give in more in my personal life to just the normal sea of life. That, hey, things are going good, everything's great, and I forget to stretch myself a little bit. I forget to set a goal a little bit higher. And, and so you may struggle with that. You may be going, man, I'm doing good. I don't know what you're talking about. I remember going to, to college and playing football there. I broke my leg my first year, and uh, I was at Arkansas State, and I was just a nobody. I was just a freshman nobody. Broke my leg even, and I went home for a few months uh, and then came back the next year. I'm on crutches for over two years. I'm crutching around and all this. Well, even that freshman year when I was there, I'd gone home and come back and I, just at the end. I, I talked to the guys. I said, hey, let's have a team meeting. And I talked to the guys that I knew were the leaders of the team, the older guys. I said, we need to have a team meeting because we're going to win a national championship before I leave. And I thought, they, I, I thought well, they th what do they know about me? What do they I didn't really care what they thought. I just knew what it took to be a winner. And I had had lots of defeats along the way. My junior year in high school, I was in a boat wreck. And uh, show you how smart those guys from Little Cypress are. You know, I, I was actually driving the boat, pulling somebody from behind. And you know how you got your hand right here? I looked, did it like this? Y'all see the steering wheel? <laughs> You know, and so there was a bend in the river, Sabine River, and I just hit the very, I hit a cypress tree on the very end of that bend right there. And uh, so I was pretty smart. Anyway, I missed my junior season of football and, uh, in high school. And, but I came back. They said I'd never play again and all that. I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but I'm just let, letting you know you can get through failure, defeat. Just keep pressing. Be, be visionary enough to believe the best for your marriage, to believe the best for your children, to be, believe the best for your finances. Because I wrote this down this morning, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, when your faith grows, you get excited about your future. When your faith is growing, you get excited. How does faith grow? Well, you get a vision out here that says, man, I'm going to be the very best on the inside, I can possibly be. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to be focused. And when I'm focused on God's way of living, it is a guaranteed success over a season of life. Yes, sometimes we, we go, okay, I'm going to serve God today. You know, I, I gave my life to the Lord in, in, in 1986, April 26. And my life didn't change a whole lot. 
Nothing really changed except one thing. And I encourage you in this. Don't give up. I was hard-headed enough to just not give up. When I would fail, and I failed a lot, I'm still failing at, at being perfect. Thank goodness Jesus made me perfect spiritually, but physically I'm still struggling in that department. And, and I, uh, not physically as much, <laughs> uh, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I just want to get better. I want to have bigger visions, bigger plans. I want, I want to die with visions unfulfilled because they were so big that there's no way we could accomplish those. But maybe the next generation comes along and they do that because we've inspired them to live for God like never before. It is the greatest life you will ever live. It's called conquering life. I love this scripture in Proverbs 10.4. It says, lazy hands make for poverty. I know some people like that. I don't know about y'all. And you may be going, yeah, that, that's me, you know. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Now, I like that, and I'm not necessarily a prosperity preacher, although you can't escape some scriptures that God has given us. He's spoken to us that talk about how to be blessed, how to increase, and this is one of them. Diligent hands bring, King James says, diligent hands makes you rich. I can't, I volunteer, okay, I, I'll sign up for that one. So how do I get that? Oh, I got to do this. I have to become diligent, diligent at doing the extra, being extraordinary in your ordinary. The next scripture is, Diligent hands will rule. Diligent hands bring authority. I, again, I sign up. I want, I want to be a leader. I remember I was talking to this kid in, at a church I was at years ago. I said, man, you're a leader. He goes, no, I'm not. I said, hey, dude, you're a world changer. You're a leader. Nope. I said, yes, you are. He goes, no, I'm not. I, mean, I said, yes, you are. Quit saying that. He goes, I don't want to be. And I'm kind of going, okay, you don't know the benefits of leadership. You don't know how God wants to bless you. As we lead an army, I pray every day, God, give us an army at Pathway, an army of soul winners, an army of disciple makers. And if he will do that, and he is, you are the army. And the first service was the army, and we're going to have a third service one day, and we're going to have a fourth service one day, and we're going to have a fifth service one day. And I don't know how much further we're going to go after that, but we may start another location somewhere else. But we're going to keep going, filling up this room and much more because we've got vision, and we're diligent. You know what diligence is? It's a system. Every person is a systems person. If you're successful, you got there because you have a system. You got there, you, you get to work early and you stay late. You, you, you have a system that you're, you're functioning in. If you have a very, very successful marriage, you have a system. If your marriage is not that good, you have a system. What is the system that you're using to operate in the big parts of your life? Your family, your children, your finances, your work, your, your effectiveness, your, your uh, church life. How is that going? Are you, is he number one? What's your vision? You see, you have a system. Everybody has a system. And systems is a set of principles and procedures that determine how something is accomplished. So you see, we all have 
something that we're working on. I, I see Lou down there, and we're talking. I told someone about you today that Lou's our nutritional guru in the house of God. You know, can everybody say amen? And go, whoa, hang on a minute, because <laughs> you're going, no sugar, no gluten. I'm no amen to that, you know. But, uh, but Lou has a system, and he is very, very healthy, and he, he operates that system every day, and his wife Kelly helps him by cooking delicious chocolate mousse that I only had one serving of, and it has no sugar, no gluten, and I ask all the time. But that, her, she has a system of not giving me the chocolate mousse, okay? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> no, I'm teasing you now. Oh, yeah, I have a year supply now. Um, but we all have a system for what we're, we're working on or not working on. You have a system when you're not working on something. When you're not working on your finances, when you're not working, you know, if you don't have a budget, I can tell you right now, you probably don't have a system. Well, you do. You do have a system. It's a system that you're not sure what you have all the time, and you spend money that you don't have, and that happens because you don't have a budget. Some of you are going, I, I can't believe he's talking about that. He needs to get out of my business, you know? So systems deliver the vision. So I pray that you get a vision for the important areas of your life, and I pray that church is one of them. Jesus, a relationship with Jesus is number one. Family is number two. Your, uh, uh, how you actually, under family, by the way, is making a living, taking care of family, stuff like that. And then you have ministry that comes as your third priority. And don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. It's, a, it's important. But Jesus is the priority. You spend enough time with Jesus, family will take care of itself, and ministry will take care of itself. Okay? Systems deliver the vision. What kind of system do you have? You see, that word system, just put it in there for diligence. Because the diligent man will be made rich. The diligent hand will be made rich. The, uh, he'll have more than enough to take care of what God needs, to take care of your family needs, to care, take care of your individual needs, and I love God, and your wants, a few wants, maybe more than a few. I mean, y'all, it's, you know, somebody gave me a brand new truck. That's a want, and I did pray for that. You know, I'm not, I'm not, he's my daddy. He's my father, and so I probably lost some of y'all right there. But here's the difference, and I want to encourage you. It's okay to pray for stuff to your father with a heart that if he says no, you're okay with that. Not like my kids used to get mad at me when I'd ask them to, to clean their room or, or whatever, I, you know, do your homework, or hey, come in. Really, they got mad at me for saying, hey, come in from playing outside because Sky was telling us the other day that, I mean, as soon as it's daylight, he was outside, and uh, then he didn't come in until it was dark. And that's just the way their life was. And I'd ask them to come in, eat dinner or whatever, and, and they would get frustrated or whatever. And I would just say, hey, why are you making me be mean to be the leader? I'm, I'm the one that's right. I'm right. Don't get mad at me. I think a lot of times we're kind of mad. Oh, I can't believe my life. My life's doing terrible, blah, blah, blah. You have a system for that. Change your system. Diligent hands will rule. Diligent hands will be made, and I have to be so careful. I want to say rich all the time, but th that connotation has been 
misunderstood in the body of Christ. You know, we do, we need money in the body of Christ, y'all. We need givers because we have visions of a parking lot with no holes in it. <laughs> we have visions of people coming back to church because they can't walk in our parking lot, and that has happened. Older people that are maybe afraid of falling down. That's legitimate. We have visions for a gym over here that we're already making the plans for. We have, by the way, they're supposed to start on our, I told you all last week, they're supposed to start on our baptistry Monday, but they pushed it back a week for whatever reason, but hey, you never know what's going on in this crazy COVID economy, you know, so we're trying, but we are moving forward. We have a vision, right? So get a vision. Systems will deliver your vision. In the e-myth, I love this, uh, Michael Gerber explains that a great product does not automatically equal success. We have the greatest product on planet Earth, Jesus Christ. And you don't, don't call my Jesus a product. I'm just trying to give you a, an, an, an understanding. He, why wouldn't people accept Jesus? I, oh, I get eternal life? Okay, bam. I'm ready. Sign me up. But yet, there's resistance. Why do people resist and reject Jesus? Well, because we have systems that protect our selfishness. <laughs> we have systems that keep us from being loving and kind and gracious. We have systems that, that tell us, the world tells us, oh, do you really think Jesus rose from the dead? Do you really think he was a virgin? I mean, not him. Well, he, he was, yeah. Do you really think that Mary was a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus? You know? Do you, uh, that's, that's ridiculous. You see, we have systems that we're buying into, and we're not, according to the Word of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I love that. I, I pray often, Lord, I want to take every thought captive to the way you want me to act, react, live instinctively, uh, 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 treat people. I, I want to react like you would. I encourage you all to wa watch the movie The Chosen. That is a great illustration of how Jesus would really act. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful show. Hmm. Okay, are y'all ready? Some churches believe all you need is good worship and good preaching, and they'll grow. Sometimes we just believe the, the basics. And yet, but if we do not deliver worship and preaching in the right way, it will not succeed. Great illustration. Uh, honey, can you take the trash out? <laughs> Who do you think I am? I, you, hey, woman, you get the trash. Okay. I'll, get, I'll take the trash out. Okay, you see? There's not a lot of success in that. There's, there's, that atmosphere doesn't change someone else. But if someone looks ahead and they remember, I'm talking to my, my, my kids right now, one of them, wherever he's at, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's probably helping his mama somewhere. But, uh, and by the way, my wife is treasure. If you're a visitor here, and she's helping with the Club 413 right now. Uh, you look ahead, and you go, you know, that trash can is going to be full. At our house, we do it like five times a day. It's crazy. We have six people living in the house. And you can remember what needs to be done ahead of time if it's a priority. If you have a system, a diligent hand 
of doing what's right. A diligent hand that rules, a diligent hand that's rich in your relationships, that whenever there's a promotion at work, you're the first person they think about because you got there early, you stay late, you're responsible. And I know uh, Randy Mott is in here. Randy, uh, how many years did you work without missing a day of, of work? 42 years? 45 years. Pardon me, I didn't mean to offend you. Okay. <laughs> 45 years. Randy's one of our elders here. Now, there's a system right there. Evan, you kind of like that. Don't you wish you had some employees like that? You know? Heck yeah. I mean, that's a system of success. All right? So, I hope this is making sense. It also functions the same way in church. We have an awesome system here. The reason why we grew last year through COVID, grew in numbers and finances and souls and baptisms, everything, is because we have systems that work, all right? I love this. McDonald's, when you go to McDonald's, you go, man, that's the best hamburger I've ever eaten. You know, eating is from, uh, is from Little Cypress, where I'm from. Dale knows that, that word. That's the best hamburger I ever had, okay? The genius of McDonald's is not in the product. It's fast food. They were the first organization that developed fast food. Playgrounds, Happy Meals, drive through win. It's about the experience. And I pray that when you come to Pathway Church, you walk through those doors, you get on the parking lot, you experience our parking lot team the love of God coming out of them because we truly, truly care about people. We really do. We care about you. We love you. We, and, and we know that the best thing for you is to grow in Jesus. That word sanctification, I talked about it last week. It's a big religious term. I understand that. But it's, it really means, if you read Webster's, it just means growing in grace. We're, we're all growing. We're all at different levels. and different. But whenever someone does something wrong to you, we need to extend growing grace to them. They're growing in unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of the living God. I love that. Favor, preferential treatment, supernatural intervention, and special assistance. That's what the favor of God is, and I need it every day. And God is pouring it out every day. So your systems, I love this, are perfectly designed to give you the results you're getting. So in your marriage, with your children, in your church life, with your finances, what kind of system do you have? Because you kind of go, oh, I, just I don't know about all that, you know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, it's a guarantee. You get into this book, and your life begins to change. There's a system for you. There's often a disconnect between the vision and the systems. Okay, we have a system here, or we have a, a vision. Our vision is we want to reach our city. We want to impact the world. We want to impact our state. We want things to change. But you know what? If, I, if we have an hour of worship on Sunday mornings, and we have an hour of preaching on Sunday mornings, all the people that say amen, oh yeah, brother, just keep preaching, just keep on going. Me and you will be the only ones here in three weeks, okay? Because we're Americans, we're culturally busy, there's things going on, and, and you know what though? 
I would rather have people, instead of here a short, two hours for a short period of time, let's stay here for 40 years and let's grow in the Lord, grow in our serving, grow in our giving, grow in our relationships, grow in our, our, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, patience, faith, and self-control, growing in unselfishness, growing in sacrifice, the, and, and extending your hands to the plow to do something for God. I'm not perfect, God, but I'm going to go ahead and try and just don't give up. You see, we want those types of systems. Are we creating an atmosphere where the vision can be accomplished? What's the atmosphere in your home? If your atmosphere is tense, first thing I can tell you to do, besides praying to God and helping you with your, your frustrations, put some worship music on in your home 24 hours a day. That breaks through the darkness. The second thing is your spouse or your kids don't need to change. We need to change. When we change, and when we pray for them, this is the neatest thing, and I learned it years ago when I prayed for my dad. Me and my dad were butting heads because I wanted him to go to heaven, and he didn't. He, he thought he was going anyway. And he just thought, oh, I'll just have a good, uh, I just believe in God. I'll go to heaven, Cass, don't worry about me. And as I began to pray for him, the first thing that changed was not him, but it was me. It's awesome. And now he's in heaven because I changed. And then I got to lead him to the Lord floating across Toledo Bend Lake. One of the greatest experiences of my life other than getting married and having three kids. And the greatest experience was accepting Jesus. And I pray that you'll do that today as well. Here's the vision of our house Psalm 1611 you will make known to me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy <laughs> presence is there fullness of joy because if not maybe you need his presence in your life in your right hand there are pleasures forever this is what God has for every one of us and yet we, we skim over it we, we, we don't get a, a vision for the very best life we can possibly have we establish a vision and you need to understand, what does that mean? What are you calling success? We forget to pray for the simple things. To partner with God for the little things. <laughs> and they're not little. We just don't, we, we don't think about, man, I need to pray for my spouse. I, I need to constantly pray for my kids. I, I need to constantly pray for our church. I, you know, we just kind of forget. Here's a good one. Lord, I pray that you increase me financially. What's wrong, what's wrong with that prayer? Well, it's okay to pray for people. You just can't pray for stuff or you can't pray for... You know what? God knows my heart, and he knows I'm a giver. And he knows that, that I'm going to give way more <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. I'm going to give what he tells me to do, and then even more than that because I want to get to work early I want to stay late I want to be responsible and dependable do everything that he's called me to do so what are you calling success 
in every area of your life. Get a vision for it and then start praying for it. The enemy of success is that you love what you do more than you love your vision. I was talking to a man, not, well, this was probably 15 years ago, maybe uh, about nine and a half years ago. And he had a, about a 30-minute prayer service before church, and then he had a 45-minute uh, worship service, and then he had a one hour of preaching, and then he did some more stuff after that, and not very many people were coming. And I said, man, you need to consider cutting that down to about an hour. And he goes, I'm not changing that. You know, he loved what he did more than he loved his vision. Do you love what you're doing more than you love your marriage? Do you love what you're doing more than you love success financially? Do you love what you're doing more than how your, your kids are turning out? It's just something for you to ask. <laughs> I love this because you don't have to do it the way others do it, but please stop defending something that's not working. You know in your own life, well, she, she did this and he did that, and you know, you don't know how they're treating me. Change your system. Your system is all about you. We need to fix us to be able to have a chance at fixing them. The right system is the one that works. So as you change your systems in line with the Word of God to put Him number one in your heart, you will begin to see all these areas of your life improve. And are they going to change overnight? Probably not. They can. I've seen them change overnight before. People addicted to drugs and things like that, I've seen them change like that. But most often, God's getting us ready for eternity. He's creating patience in us. I can't, I've got 25-year prayers I've been praying that have not come to pass yet. But I got a vision, and I got a system, and I'm working it. And I'm believing great things for you and for Pathway Church. So I just encourage you today, become diligent. Don't even become it. Just try to become it and pray for it. And then over a, a season of life, you'll be, just don't give up and you'll be changing more like God. So I really love you. I really do. And I really believe in this stuff. I believe in this book so much. So I want to pray with you because I know there may be some people here that are not 100% sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. And I'm just going to pray a prayer out loud. And you can pray it in your heart. But this is a, for lack of a better word, this is kind of a sacred moment. So I'm going to ask you to kind of be sensitive to the people next to you because they may not know Jesus like you do. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer, let's close our eyes and, and bow our heads. Nobody's looking around. If you want to be included in this prayer so you can be sure you're going to heaven, just raise your hand right now wherever you're at. I see those hands going up. God bless you. So pray with me. You can put your hands down. Pray with me. Father, I love you. And I give you my life. Lord, I need you to get into heaven. I completely and totally surrender to you 
and I ask you to cause my spirit to be born again so that I'm changed, God. I believe that the blood of Jesus washes away all of my sins. 